Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to After the Fact. And welcome to After the Fact, the weekly trivia quiz game here on Clamaris Community Radio. I'm your host, John Nolan, and thank you for tuning in, however you have done so. Be it on FM 94.6 or online, tunein.com, or indeed via podcast. Thank you, wherever you are in the world. Hope you enjoy the show. Now, our time machine of quiz has moved back in time once again. We were at the 1979 epic, an epic show on 1979 last week. Uh, but back we go in time. We don't sit still here. We're going back to 1957. So let's go and meet the teams. In front of me, for the second week in a row, the captain of the blue team is gracing us with his presence. Good evening, sir. How you doing? Uh, my name is Jerry Slattery, and uh, I thought last week's show was so good that I had to turn up again. Thank you, Jerry, for coming in. Very exciting win for the blue team last week. Yeah, uh, really impressive win. I didn't really contribute too much, in fairness. My, know, my, my teammate uh, was... Absolutely sensational. As I recall, Jerry, you were the one who got the pivotal transfer bonus point question regarding Paddy O'Shea being sent Paddy. off in 1979. Good old Paddy, yeah. yeah. It's a great show. So you can't, you, you did well there. And congratulations to you, man. Thank the you. sides are level now overall, I think. Mm. So it's anything to play for here. Let's go meet your teammate, who is not with us tonight, although she often is. But tonight she is availing of internet telephony. So, say hello, blue team person number two. Yeah, this is Carl Cronin. It's Ross Common calling tonight. So nothing that's not in the studio. Uh, are we going to be graced by the Meals and Wheels man tonight, uh, Carl? No, we're not, because I'm fully mobile again. But you never know, Jack Russell might join us at some point. That might. Well, there you go. You could have, if the Jack Russell uh, is aware of the right answer, they could do like that guy in Who Wants a Million- Millionaire. Instead of <laughs> coughing, it would be barking. Anyway. I'd be impressed if they did. <laughs> you could have a savant dog. Okay, best of luck to you, Carol. We go across and meet your opponents tonight. The red team are both in the studio. Uh, introduce yourselves, please. I'm James Bonso. I'm an archaeologist. It's amazing. I pointed at your teammate and he went to speak and then you spoke. So it's like some sort of ventriloquism going on. I suppose we had agreed there at the start that James is going to go first. So we are following the strategy. First on everything. Yes, yes. Yeah, totally. So I'm James Teammate. Uh, <laughs> Liam Rabbit is my name, and um, looking forward to tonight. I think I actually haven't the last three episodes. I think I've drawn two and lost one, so I haven't actually won for a while. So yeah, yeah. As myself a, and James, we're actually I think we're unbeaten. As a pair, yeah, so yeah, as a pair, you are unbeaten. Pair. It's yeah. true, albeit two draws. Two draws. Both yeah. of the draws that have happened have featured you guys. Yeah. So you're the draw. Two specialist. draws and two wins. Yeah. Well, until you take it into extra time or go from goal, we're. we're Ooh, we might end up there at the final episode of the series. Who knows? We could have the quizzing equivalent of a penalty shootout. I don't even know how that would work, but hey, we'll see. Okay, let's go and meet the final member of our team. It is, of course, our robot scorekeeper, Clancy. Good evening, Clancy. Good day, everyone. Beep, beep, pop, beep, bleep, purple, blue. Okay, thank you, Clancy, for that. Words of wisdom to live by, no doubt. Right, let us move on with the show. Uh, it is an... 
odd-numbered episode tonight. This is episode 23 of the current series, so we're going to be starting with the red team. Questions on 1957. Round one is, of course, the multiple choice round. In this round, I will ask each player a question with three potential answers. If they give me the correct answer, they get two points for their side. If they need to confer with their teammate, they can do so, but they only get one point. And if they get a wrong answer, if they give me a wrong answer, it will be offered across. The other side can confer. They will have to choose from the two remaining options, and they can get a one-point bonus. I think we've already established who's going first for the red team. Yes, I'm going first. <laughs> it would have been a real surprise if Lee had jumped in just, <laughs> as, <laughs> just as I said that. Right, James, your question. In 1957, after purchasing the rights to it from its inventor, Fred Morrison, the Wham-O company, W-H-A-M hyphen O, relaunched which famous toy under a new name? Was that name A, the Magic 8-Ball, B, Mr. Potato Head, or C, the Frisbee? I genuinely don't know. I can confer, can't I? You can, of course, confer for one point. I will confer with my frisbee. 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 We believe the Frisbee. (laughs) Your teammates seem very... Definitely knew that one, so congratulations. I'm glad I went first, then. That's how I went first. We did another mark. Oh, there you go. That's the breaks. That's the the breaks. There's the breaks. One point for your side. Well done, both of you. Now, across (laughs) we go. Who's going first? Uh, Jer is here, Carol, so he is going to get the automatic right to go first. That's grand. Carol is not complaining, Jer, so here we go. Your question. Okay. In 1996, the writer John McGahern described On Another Man's Wound as the one classic work to have emerged directly from the violence that led to the independence of the state. Who was its author? A Mayo-born revolutionary who died in 1957. Your options are Dunbar Barton, B. George Coffey, or C. Ernie O'Malley. Ernie O'Malley, John. Yes, correct. Two points for you. Across we go. Back to Liam. Liam, computer question for you. In April of 1957, IBM sold the first compiler for which scientific programming language? Your options available are A, Fortran, B, Basic, or C, C. See what it is there? Yes, thank you. That's not a hard choice, I'm not. I'm going to confer. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Fortran. 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 Oh, yes, good teamwork on display there. Yeah, uh, see. Northern Connick. We resurrected that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yes, Fortran, the name coming from Formula Translation. The first uh, programming language I learned in university. That's how old I am. Okay, and across we go. Carol, your question is here now. Yep. Which conservative politician became the 13th Prime Minister of Canada in 1957? Uh, I have here in the brackets a clue. If you were ever a fan of the TV series Juice South in the 90s, Juice South, you will recognize the name as one of the main characters. So, options available to you are A, Charles Fraser, B, John Diefenbaker, or C, Mackenzie King. I haven't a clue. Canadian uh, politics isn't really my strong point. Um, I'll confer. Okay, Ger. Carol is looking to your guidance. I don't know, Carol. Um... Anybody watch Juice Out, the TV programme in the 90s? Um, Diefen Baker is, uh, was a leader of somewhere at that time. I don't recognise any of the other So your names. options are A, Canadian name, like, Charles Fraser, B, John Diefenbaker, or C, Mackenzie King. 
Shall we go Stephen Baker then, Jer? Just because I think he was a leader of a country. They're probably all leaders of countries back then. They're probably all Commonwealth. <laughs> He's probably picked the New Zealand, Aussie, and Canadian PMs there. But chance, Stephen Baker, is that all right, Carol? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Good for a point. Well done. Yes, John Diefenbaker indeed. Did anybody watch Jew South or was I the only one? Leave. Is that the one about the mountain? Yes. Yeah. What was the, yeah, who's no, Diefenbaker? Diefenbaker was the, was, the, was the dog. He was the dog. That's yeah. right. That's right. right. Pretty good, yeah. Good, uh, good theme tune. Who were the other two, John? Mackenzie King was his uh, predecessor as oh. the uh, Prime Minister of Canada. And Charles Fraser I just made up because there was also a character in Jew South called Fraser. All right. Right, so let's go and check out the scores as they stand at the end of round one. Blue two three points. Red two two points. So it's an arrow one point lead for the blue team. So on we move to round two. Round two is our connections round. In this round, I'll give the team that is in play two pieces of information. If they can tell me what links those two pieces of information to the year in question, they get three points. They can request a third and indeed a fourth piece of information but if they do, they'll be playing for two and one points, respectively. A wrong answer at any stage will see all four pieces of info offered across for a potential one-point bonus. We start with the team that is trailing, which is the Reds. So, gentlemen, here's your first two pieces of info. PS1 and the 4th of October. Now, I know for a fact that the PlayStation 1 was not invented <laughs> in 1957. Confident it was actually that. 56, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we remember that one. 4th of October. PS4. 4th of October. Go again. Yeah, I have no clues on that. Nice bit of fake news there. Lovely. So PS1 and the 4th of October 1957. Did I hear you request a third piece of info? Yes, yes. please. Okay, your third piece of info is... 20.005 megahertz. 20.005 megahertz. There was a chuckle on the line there from Carol. There was, well, actually. Did Carol yeah, give away was, something there? There was think? a real little chuckle, all right, yeah. It, it was a knowing, a knowing. It might have been a knowing chuckle we heard. It was very much a knowing chuckle, John. Okay, well. <laughs> are, we on, are we on a... Oh. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, I... What about this? It was around then. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, go first. Okay, uh, the launch, launch of Sputnik. Yes. Oh! It's good for two points. Well done. And could you listen into it? Was that it? You could listen to exactly. it. Exactly. That, that was the frequency that it was transmitting, a kind of a series of bleeps and bloops. Very similar to what Clancy graced us with. <laughs> when he introduced himself earlier. Uh, the other pieces of info, well, it was launched on 4th of October 1957. PS1 was its code name, basically, which I see was the Russian for Prostaishi Sputnik <laughs> And Sputnik meaning satellite. Simple as that. Mm. Final clue, which we didn't get to, Sergei Koryalev, who was the man who designed it and many other parts of the Russian space program. Right, that's uh, two points for you. Across we go. Jaron Carroll? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. First two pieces of info are Pierre Boulle, I think. B-O-U-L-L-E. Jaron will help me out, I'm sure. Yep. And Sesui Hayakawa. That surname is spelled H-A-Y-A-K-A-W-A. Yeah, we got this one, Carol. Oh. Yeah. 
the Bridge Over the River Kwai. Pierre Boulle wrote the um, novel. Oh, yeah, it came out in 1957, the film did. And uh, he, he, was one of, he was an actor, one of the few actors that didn't get it nominated or whatever. Yeah, so that's it. Yeah, Bridge Over the River Kwai. Correct, three points. Excellent stuff. Pierre Boulle, indeed, wrote the original novel. And because the scriptwriters were under what was called the blacklist, uh, kind of a post-McCarthyite uh, blockade at the time he also got credited with writing the screenplay yeah. even though he didn't have a word of English yeah. but the other guys got it later didn't they they did ultimately yeah. later on in the 90s yes yeah. uh, Susui Hawakawa played Colonel Saito did actually get nominated for an Oscar oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, other two clues you didn't get to the Colonel Bogey March mm. and David Lean the director of the film mm. so three points well scored ok across we go James and Liam who were writing right now even though I haven't said anything so I don't know what's going on over there <laughs> predicting right. they're, they're <laughs> reading your mind John. <laughs> first two piece of info are Sally a name and a red and white striped hat Dr. Zeus Dr. Seuss yeah uh, Cat in the Hat I think was published Red and White Hat and the say's yeah. daughter was Sally or whatever so publication of Cat The Cat in the Hat Dr. The Cat in the Hat Correct. Good scoring. Yes, Sally was. I'm not sure what the connection was, but that was the lead character's name. Okay. Red and white striped hat, striped hat is worn by the cat. Theodore Geisel was clue three, which is Dr. Seuss' real name. And thing one and thing two would hopefully have been your fourth clues. We're giving it away. Right. Final question of the round for Jaron Carroll. Piece of information are pile one and pile two. And iodine one three one. Yeah, I know what this is, Jared. This is um, the wind scale disaster in Cumbria or Cumberland, um, in obviously in fifty seven. I know what happened then, but (laughs) iodine one three one. You're the scientist here. Yeah, the pile one and pile two would be the nuclear reactors. Very good. Well done. I will just bing the bell. Is correct. Yes. Well done. The fire at the Windscale nuclear power plant, which occurred in 1957. I think we've already explained what the piles are there. Iodine-131 was an element, radioactive element that was released into the atmosphere. 1300 degrees centigrade was clue three, which is the temperature that things got up to in the middle of the reactor. And final clue, which you would have not needed at all, I'm sure, was Sellafield, which is the modern day name for the particular, not at all controversial power plant. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go and see how the scores stand after that performance. Blue to nine points. Red to seven points. Nine points to seven. The gap is increased to two points. Okay, it's on we go to round three, everyone's favourite round. <laughs> You're looking at me, John. <laughs> oh dear. Collective chocolate from the four contestants. <laughs> it should be good. Following on from last week's the easiest audio round we've ever had. The no, I don't think so. I think, think things are going to stay in roughly that zone. Okay. So here we go. Uh, I will play the teams a piece of music. They get a point for telling me the name of the artist and the song title. And then they can get two further points by answering two trivia questions that are related. A wrong answer at any stage. We'll see it offered across for a potential bonus. Starting with the team that's trailing, that's the red team. Uh, so, gentlemen, here's your first piece of music. 
Okie dokie. Just fade that down right there. Name of artist and song title, please. Uh, we're happy that that's Elvis Presley in Jailhouse Rock. That is correct. Yes, it is. Okay, your two subsequent questions coming up. Number one. In which US state was Elvis Presley born in January of 1935? I can't, I can't remember, actually. Graceland is Memphis, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh, dear. That's the first time I've had to break out the wrong noise tonight. Across we go. Jaron Carroll, potential bonus coming for you. In which US state was Elvis Presley born in January of 1935? Any England, Carol? Um, no, but I presume it'll be one of those southern states, um, Kentucky yeah. or Georgia or somewhere like that. Yeah, I know it's been asked before. Um, not in this quiz, obviously, but do you think I can retain it? <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in your it world. Could be a, 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 is Mississippi, no? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'll go with Mississippi. Um, let me just think about it for a second. Can, um, There's only a bonus now, Jared. Can't leave you uh, all night there. Know, yeah, sorry. Given, of course, you were involved in the record-long answer last week. Six <laughs> minutes, wasn't it? We got there, we got there, we got there. Let's just go with Mississippi, do you think, Carol? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, okay, Mississippi, John. Okay. It's a good one. Yes, he was born in the city of Tupelo, Mississippi in 1935. Back over to uh, Lehman James. Jailhouse Rock was one of three number ones Elvis had on the U.S., Hot 100 chart in 1957. Simply name either of the other two for a point. In other words, if you were looking through a list of songs, say that it was called Music of 1957 yeah. at any point. At any point, which you might have been doing. Yeah. Now, it's all right, man, because we know we've got another five minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> just to make everything fair between the red and blue teams. <laughs> To be fair, to do it right, you'd have to you'd have to constantly be on the brink of giving me an answer, oh, and, no, then, and then pulling back every time. It is on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> I, did look, I did look at the list, but I just can't think at the moment when you put the gun to my head. Um, so I just want you to name either of the two other songs released by Elvis Presley in 1957, which reached number one on the U.S. charts. Look, fellow members of Red Team, I'm, I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> People shouting at the radio up and down the land right now, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going just go, go for it. Yes, go for it. Go on, it's probably wrong, but I, just go, I won't waste your time. Go on. Good man, Lee. Blue suede shoes. Blue suede no. shoes. No. So across we go. Another potential bonus. Jaron sure. Carroll. Well, Carol. I'd be going with All Shook Up. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I got I nothing. That, yeah, I think that was on now 1957. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed a point for the blue team. Well done, Carol. You could have had either All Shook Up or Let Me Be Your Teddy Bear. Yeah, I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, across we go. First piece of music coming up for uh, Jarrett and Carol. Mm. And here it is. Hold me, baby. Well, after love, 
All right. Uh, artist and song title, please. Yeah, uh, Jerry, this is, I think, Great Balls of Fire, Jerry Lee Lewis. Very good. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well done. He's consistent. I'll give him that. He's very consistent the way he plays these music rounds. Okay, two subsequent questions on correctly identifying uh, Great Balls of Fire by Jerry Lee Lewis. This was Jerry Lee's second chart smash of 1957. What was the name of the first in uh, the song that launched his career? Oh God, I don't know this. Mm. Can't think of any other songs, songs, songs of his, to be honest. No, not off the top of my head. Um, I'm just trying to think of songs generally from the 1950s yeah. that would fit that bill. Um, how about Yakety Yak? I don't know if it was him or not. Might as well guess. Yeah, try it. Yeah, try John. Yakety Yak. Yeah. I'm afraid not. Cross we go. Chance to steal one back here, lads. This isn't right, but this in my head for some reason, so I'm going to say it. Go roll, on. Roll see. over Beethoven. That's not right. It, it, it is not right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unlucky. The song I'm looking for was Whole Lot of Shaking Going On. Okay. Which is another great one by Jerry Lee Lewis. Check it out. All right. The most famous controversy in Lewis's career occurred in 1957 when he married Myra Gale Brown, his 13-year-old first cousin once removed. Classy. Yeah. As of today, he's still alive. And how many times has he been married at this point? Ah, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you need to pick a number from the sky? <laughs> what was the first number that came to your head? Four. I'd say go more than that, no? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's marrying yeah, a 13 year old. I, have clue. I, I, like, I, 50, I don't know anything really about him, you know, aside no, from Great Balls of Fire. So it's, it's not kind of one of those things like Elizabeth Taylor that you know she's been married seven uh, times or whatever. Yes. So I don't know. It could be an exceptional amount, though, if he's asking the question. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That what a, number do you want to pick? I would go something outrageous <laughs> like 10 or 11. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's possible. Okay, pick one, pick a number from the sky. So we'll meet in the middle. 10, 4, what's the middle? 7. 7. Let's one, go for seven. 7, John. <laughs> oh my god. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is teamwork, I guess, Carol. <laughs> Oh Absolutely goodness. and 100% correct. There. Sorry, Team Red. There. <laughs> wow, that's 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 some sort of divining. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, and I mean by like water divining. That's what's going on there. That's, that's the essence of teamwork. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he's been married seven times as of now, <laughs> and he's had six children in his life, and two of them were called Jerry Lee Lewis Jr. Good grief. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that that was his most controversial thing. It seems to suggest there's a lot of controversial he stuff. Yes, he, he has had a controversial career. It's true. Okay. Right, uh, across we go again for the second piece of music for James and Liam. Here we go. There goes my baby with someone new. She sure looks happy. I sure am blue. She was my
Okay, gentlemen, who's performing there and what is the name of the song, please? I have no clue. <laughs> um, I think the song is called Bye Bye Love, um, Bill Haley in the comments. No. Across we go. Jar and Carol. Yeah, Jar, I haven't a clue on this one, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, Can you think of any singers from, from then, Todd? Yeah. Or, any, or even groups, it, rather. It doesn't sound exactly like him, actually. I don't think it really does at all. Buddy Holly would have been from around that time. Um, that might be worth a shot, but I doubt it's right. Uh, we need a name of the song then. Bye bye, sorry, bye bye, baby. Or no, that's a different. There song. goes my baby. Wasn't that what he was singing? <laughs> there goes my baby. Yeah, just go on. There goes my baby, Holly. It's not. But... <laughs> not. No, Liam, Liam. Liam had the right song title. All right. All right. Okay. He did, but he didn't uh, know the act, which was the Everly Brothers. Everly Brothers. All right. With their song okay. "Bye Bye Love." Okay, you have two subsequent questions. Oh, yeah. No, I think they're ours, aren't they? Yeah, right, James yeah. and me. <laughs> Feel free to give us some answers there. <laughs> that would be teamwork taken too far, Jar. Generos- generosity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I knew the song. It was unlucky there that you did know the song, Liam. Yeah, unlucky. I knew the song, but I didn't. Uh... Mm. What were the first names of the two Everly brothers? <laughs> it's as likely to be James and Liam as anything. <laughs> that would be... Was there a Phil Everly or did he play football? Bruce. <laughs> Derek and Clive. <laughs> this is you getting more of this time in, is it? Keep my eye on the clock. Richard and, jo- and Tom. Richard and Tom. No, you were just going to say Richard and J- J- Judy there, wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say John. I looked at John. I was okay. going to say Richard and John. I know, I'm going to say Tom. Cross we go. Not a clue. Carol, help. Um thinking no richard might be a good shout um, maybe bobby for the other one chris is not ringing a bell no no and we don't come, go on <laughs> what did you say bobby. Yeah, she said it was what? incorrect so yeah. we'll okay go that. on yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine now over here we another half right because uh, james did say one of the right names clive james. was it phil oh, phil uh, well phil oh, everly yeah. and his brother don everly don yeah heard that before Final song, a question, I mean, sorry, final question for uh, James and Liam. Which English guitarist and singer-songwriter recorded a unique version of this song in 1974, rewriting the lyrics to have a dig at his wife, Patty Boyd, who had recently left him for Eric Clapton? (laughs) (laughs) Eric Clapton was above the story, all right, but he's not the answer you're looking for. Can you just give it one... One more Which English there. guitarist and singer-songwriter recorded a unique version of this song in 1974, rewriting the lyrics to have a dig at his wife, Patty Boyd, who had recently left him for Eric Clapton? English guitarist. Okay, chaps, we're going to have to push you for something. Brian May. <coughs> Brian May. <coughs> not. Across we go. Uh, this, the bonuses are flying around the place tonight. Jaron Carroll, do you know I... who that singer, songwriter, guitarist was? 
Um, I think Ger- it might be George Harrison. I have a feeling he was married to Patty well, Boyd. Well, there was a dispute. Harrison and Clapton had a big fallout over a girlfriend, so... Ah, uh, there or we go wife then. Slash girlfriend, wife, whatever. That's correct. George Harrison is Hold the on. answer I was looking for. It hasn't fallen your way, lads, this music round so far. Okay, final piece of music uh, is for Carol and Ger. And here it is, the fourth song from 1957. Okay, so what is that, and who is singing it? Um, no, I don't know this. Is he about to no, say a, a girl's name? Is, is Diana the next word? No, or something, or am I thinking of another song? Oh, oh yeah, maybe. Diana. <laughs> I haven't a clue who's singing it there now. Or what group. Um, There's going to be a group there, right? Yeah, probably. Um... Yeah, I, I can't think of anyone that would. Any, can you think of any groups? Well, I mean, from that ones, era. ones that would come, you know, they've already kind of come up, you know, like Deverly's, but. Um... Mm. Okay, I'll have to try and push you towards give me an answer, please. I can't even think of a group or, or a singer, any even a singer. Um, Anybody who hasn't come up with an answer yet that we have already mentioned, even? <laughs> no, no, I'm okay. A bit stuck. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll pass. On You're this passing one. that one over now, Jess. Um, yeah, I think the lads are uh, Diana. I think his name is song, and I think the singer is a guy called Paul Anka. Yes, that is correct. Oh, yeah. And you have robbed one back. Well done. Uh, Very good. Need to rob a few more back. <laughs> yeah, Paul Anka. There, just 16 when he had his first number one. Right, uh, Carol and Jerry, you still get the two questions. First one is very short and sweet. In what country was Paul Anka born in 1941? Can you spell Anka? A-N-K-A. Are you not familiar with Paul Anka, no? No. Oh, sorry, Jerry. Sorry. Yeah. Any idea, Carol? We'd have got the first one right if we were familiar with him. Uh, that's a good point you make. That's a good point you make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, have you heard of him? I've heard of him, um, but I don't know where he's from. I... Presume somewhere in Europe. A N K A is doesn't. Yeah. Holland, maybe the Netherlands. Uh, I'm not even going by the surname. I suppose, like, but Anka. Shady. That doesn't give us any bit of a cl- any clue. Like Hungarian. I, you know, you could be guessing for ages, really. Would it be Greek? No. Could be. 1950s America. He lived in America. Yeah. This is produced in America. Yes, yes, this is. Yeah. yeah. So he was born in 1941 in what country? Was uh, 41. He probably emigrated during the war, yeah. or his family did. Yeah, he could be in, you know, Germany, like. Yeah, actually, Germany, we could try that. To Holland, Germany, a lot of German migration. Let's just go for Germany. Go for Germany. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that is incorrect. Across we go. 
try Italy. It's also incorrect. No, he was close to America. He was Canadian. He was born in the city head, but... of Ottawa. Okay. All right. Now, here's a long question. I'm going to get my breath in before I read this one out. Paul Anka's only charting hit in Ireland reached number four in 1974. What is the name of this song? A duet with Odia Coates, which, despite its commercial success, has been criticised for its maudlin sentimentality and perceived sexist overtones and was voted the number one worst song of all time by a poll conducted by CNN in 2006. What a string of (laughs) honours. So, it's Paul, uh, in spite of all that, it's Paul Anka's only charting hit in Ireland. It reached number four in 1974. And once again, it's a duet with Odia Coates and it has been criticised for its sexist overtones and was voted the number one worst song of all time by a poll conducted by CNN in 2006. Well, considering we didn't know his name in the first question, <laughs> we're hardly going to get questions two or three, so I have no clue on this. Uh, no, neither do I. It'll be one of those, oh, I'll recognise the name of it when I hear it, but I don't know it. Well, possibly, yeah, okay. but if we don't have to put Paul Anka, we're kind of in trouble here, so. Okay, across we'll go. We'll pass. Across we'll go. So it's going to be something sexist and misogynistic like, oh baby, I love you, stay at home and do the washing up. It, something, something along. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I don't think I'd release that when you're, you're humming there. Uh, this day, anyway. So have you any idea? I can't think that no, one. I really can't. won't waste your time. Okay, all no. right. It's uh, Paul Anka's biggest hit in Ireland, You're Having My Baby, from 1974. <laughs> I'm glad to say I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> we may have to dig it up during the ad break just so the players can hear it. Right, let's go. Before that aforementioned ad break takes place, let's go over to Clancy and we check how the scores stand. Blue to 14 points. Red to 9 points. 14 points to 9. We'll be back in about three minutes' time. Please do not go away. You're welcome back to After the Fact, the weekly trivia quiz game on Claremars Community Radio. I'm your host, John Nolan, and with me tonight, facing questions on the year 1957, are four excellent players in the lead right now with 14 points. The blue team of Ger Slattery and Carol Cronin, five ahead of the red team, that is Liam Rabbit and James Bonsell, who are on nine points. Let's go to the final round. Round four is our 20 questions round. In this round, whichever team is in control of the game gets asked a question. They have up to one minute to answer it. If they give me a right answer, they get a point, but they also get to keep control of the game, which means they get the next question. This can continue until at most five in a row have been answered correctly, at which point they will have to give control of the game over, but they will get a bonus sixth point for the achievement. A wrong answer at any stage will see control move across. The other side will get the next question, and they will have a chance of a bonus on the one that was missed. Starting with the team that's trailing, that's the red team. Here is your first question, gentlemen, if you are ready for it. Ireland went to the polls for a general election on the 5th of March 1957. When all the votes were counted, who would become the nation's new Taoiseach? Eamon de Valera. Eamon de Valera. I actually started the clock there. I thought you <laughs> didn't think you needed it first. We just want to be absolutely sure. <laughs> that's all right. Every point counts. Okay, so on we go with question number two. Which country, formerly known as British Honduras, gained independence from the United Kingdom in September of 1957? Belize. Belize is correct. 
Third question. On the 11th of July 1957, Prince Shah Karim al-Husseini became imam of the Nazari Ismail sect of Islam. It consists of 10 to 15 million adherents. Now aged 81, he is still serving in this role today. By what regnal title is he much better known? And I'll say especially to Irish sports fans. By what regnal name or by what regnal title is he much better known, especially to Irish sports fans? I wouldn't get the Irish reference. So I'll read it out again. Just yeah, please, thanks, John. On the eleventh of July, nineteen fifty-seven, Prince Shah Karim Al Husseini became Imam of Nishari Ismailism, denomination within Shia Islam, with ten to fifteen million adherents. Today, aged eighty-one, he is still serving in this role. By what regnal title is he much better known, especially to Irish sports fans? You've got Maybe 20 seconds left on the clock just to tell you. A nickname for some Should we go for it? Yeah, Tala died in 79. Um, Irish sports fans, that's totally positive. 10 seconds remaining. I need an answer, please. Yeah, the Shah. Yeah, Shah. Mm. if I may do it. Little Irish pun there. Ger and Carol, you're getting control of the game, but you can get a bonus on that one if you can tell me that regnal title. Carol, yeah, I, I, didn't yeah. look, I didn't look it up, but is Aga Khan ringing a bell? It is, it is the Aga Khan. Yeah, okay, good. It is indeed the Aga Khan. He is Aga Khan 4, but I wouldn't have looked for the number. Okay, so you're in, and here's your next question. On July the 6th, 1957, Teenagers John Lennon and Paul McCartney first met at a garden fete at St. Peter's Church, Liverpool, at which Lennon's skiffle group was playing. By October, McCartney would himself be a member of the group. What was it called? Quarrymen. Oh, Carol doesn't need any time on that one. Good That's girl, Carol, good stuff. The Quarrymen. Question, uh, next question. The Mackinac Bridge, that's spelled M-A-C-K-I-N-A-C, the world's longest suspension bridge between anchorages at that time, opened in the United States in November. It connected the two peninsulas that make up which U.S. state? This is Michigan, Carol, I think. Yeah. You know it? Yeah? Yeah. Michigan. Correct. Well done. It's over the Straits of Mackinac in between the two peninsulas of Michigan. Uh, next question. Which famous musical with music by Leonard Bernstein and words by Stephen Sondheim opened on Broadway in September 1957? The start of a run of 732 performances. This be the King and I, Carl? No, it's West Side Story. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Good on you. Good teamwork there. Oh, <laughs> rather, rather you, <laughs> you've been put in your place, Ger Slattery. Good stuff. Good he stuff. wasn't been put in his place. We were conferring. <laughs> Final question of five in a row. For five in a row. In May, which footballer played his final game for the England national football team? ending an amazing international career that had begun way back in September of 1934. Leave it to Carol. <laughs> you know what, Carol? Uh, 34 to 57. He played it. quite the career. He was a famous winger. Stanley Matthews. Oh. <laughs> One. Stanley Matthews? Yeah. Correct. Jerry, I thought you were doing the old running down the clock there already. <laughs> ah, <laughs> That's what that felt like. Okay, well done. Stanley Matthews is indeed the answer there, yes. An amazing international football career lasted 23 years. 
Mm. All right, over we go. Gentlemen, you're in. <laughs> I forgot we were playing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at now, a five in a row puts you right back in the hunt. Here sure, it was like a spectator spoof. <laughs> On January the 20th, Dwight D. Eisenhower was privately sworn in for a second term as President of the United States of America. Who was the Vice President of the United States under Ike? Says Ike. Tina, yeah, no, it's not going to be Tina. <laughs> so, Dwight D. Eisenhower was sworn in for a second term as President of the United States of America. Who was the Vice President of the United States who served under him? Uh, 20 seconds remaining. I'm going to wait till the 19th. <laughs> okay, I need to push for an answer. I've got about five seconds. <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. Cross we go. You're getting control, but you get this question as well. Who was the vice president under Dwight Eisenhower? Uh, what do you think, Carol? I don't know. Um, oh. I don't know either. Um, was Ike I, Republican or Democrat? Ike was Republican, I'm pretty sure, which is leading me to possibly thinking, like, would Nixon... It's too early for Nixon, isn't it? But you're, yeah. talking, you're talking 50, 57 to 61. Nixon came in... Nixon came after, in in 69-ish. No, no. no. Oh, not Nixon. Um, Johnson. Lyndon B. Johnson is what I meant to say. Why did I say Nixon? Because Lyndon B. Johnson was, was sworn uh, in. Come on. Can I push you for an answer, guys? Oh, it's only a Democrat. Yeah, you know, he was a Democrat. No, Democrat. I don't know. Uh, I think I'm totally wrong here. Adlai Stevenson, he was beaten. Jerry, you're doing like last week again. I need you to just pick an answer. I'll just go Adlai Stevenson. Adlai Stevenson. It's wrong. Also Democrat. Sorry, yeah, uh, he was lost the two. Richard Nixon is well, the answer. It was Nixon. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought it was a bit too early for him. Uh, anyway, you're like, you've got this question now. Here we okay. go. Which new lottery product was sold in Ireland for the first time in 1957? Funds raised from it are used to offset government borrowing and are refundable to the purchaser on demand. Interest, such as it is, is returned to the entrance via randomly selected prizes. Is this the prize bonds, Carol? It is the prize bonds, yeah. Yes, it is the prize bonds, correct. Next question. Oh, Jar, up your this is up your road now. Here we go. Which famous cyclist, nicknamed Monsieur Chrono? Oh yeah, okay. You have it already. Due to his ability to ride alone against the clock in individual time trial stages, won the first of five Tours de France in 1957. Yeah, Jacques Anquetil. Nice one. Which programme, presented by Patrick Moore, was first broadcast on BBC TV on April 24th and will go on to run with the same presenter until his death in December 2012? Science teacher, here you go. Sky at night. Correct. James Bond actually got that right once, I recall, in a different quiz show I did. Right. uh, What question are we on here? We're on the fourth one. Right. What started as a disagreement between Mrs. Sheila Cloney and local authorities over the education of her children eventually led to a sectarian boycott of members of the local Protestant community in which county Wexford village? That all happened in 1957. 
Yes. Feathered on seeds. Yes, yeah. Good stuff, Carol. Yeah. And for five in a row, who resigned as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom in January, in part due to the fallout from the Suez Crisis? That was Eden, wasn't it, Carol? Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. Okay. Back we go, gents. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be tough from here. Yeah, I, I think the word impossible. <laughs> the, word could be impossible. <laughs> the word could be impossible, yeah. Let us continue. We have questions. Let's ask them. There was something of a David and Goliath feel to the 1957 All-Ireland Senior Football Final. However, which team did manage to defeat Cork by 1-9 to 1-7? Loads. Correct. The smallest county beat the largest. Mm-hmm. Next question. Name the magazine which has been published by the UK's Consumer Association since October 1957. Its aims include promoting informed consumer choice in the purchase of goods and services by testing, highlighting inferior products or services and raising awareness of consumer rights. I think it's which magazine? Yes, it is. And it was made for a very difficult question to rephrase. (laughs) 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 Couldn't say which magazine. (laughs) Next question. Which tennis player became the first black player to win a Wimbledon singles championship when she defeated her compatriot Darlene Hard 6-3, 6-2 in the tournament final? Uh, So, which tennis player became the first black player to win a Wimbledon singles championship when she defeated her compatriot Darlene Hard 6-3-6-2 in the tournament final. I'm afraid not right she was about uh, 15 years later really for Ron Gulagang across we go a teammate last week has inspired me to <laughs> increase my knowledge of tennis oh ladies I, tennis good I yes. think Gibson uh, Carol is that ringing the bell well I, I'll go with that because my gut was uh, Yvonne Gulagang as a guess but uh, that's clearly wrong yeah I could be completely wrong as well because I don't really know much about tennis to be honest but I'm just going to yeah. go with Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. Correct. And Thea Gibson, who is an American, actually, not an Australian, like uh, Yvonne Goulagan later on. Okay, you're back in, guys. And there are four questions left in the set. Having been rejected for publication in the Soviet Union, Boris Pasternak's novel Dr. Zhivago was finally published in 1957, translated into the language of the printers who published it. So in what language was that first edition of Dr. Zhivago printed? Can't say of uh, any inkling on this one. Neither do I. Um, where would they go? Switzerland, usually, for publishing. I was going to turn that one. Um, so just the language. Just the language. I want the language that the first version of Dr. Zhivago was published in. And it was published in 1957? Yes, it was. After it was basically smuggled out of the Soviet Union. Yeah. So. I don't know. Will they end up in somewhere like Paris? French, then, I suppose, would we? Try French. Yeah, go for French. Trying French, no problem. 
afraid your luck hasn't come in there now as it did earlier with the Jerry Lee Lewis <laughs> marriages. Can't be that lucky. Across we go, gentlemen. I got for some strange Hungarian in my head. Hungarian. Hungarian? <laughs> Would have been unusual given that it was still within the Iron Curtain at that point. Mm. No, it was Italian. It was actually the first version of Dr. Vago was printed in Italian. Very good. Uh, right, uh, your question, Liam and James. The last significant international border change in Europe until the fall of communism over 30 years later occurred on January the 1st, when which state that had competed in both the 1952 Summer Olympics and in qualifying for the 1954 FIFA World Cup officially became part of the Federal Republic of Germany? Uh, Saarland. Yes, Saarland is correct. Question 19. Usama ibn Mohammed ibn Awad ibn Laden a.k.a. Osama Bin Laden, was born on March the 10th, 1957. In which city? Yes, he was Saudi originally. He was born in the capital of Saudi Arabia. And the last question of the set. In US sports, the game of baseball was rocked in 1957 when it was announced that two New York teams, the Giants and the Dodgers, were simultaneously going to move to which other US state? California is correct. Yes, they became the uh, LA, LA Dodgers, Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. Right, let us go and check the final scores with Clancy. Blue team 27 points. Red team 16 points. Oh, the great unbeaten run is, I'm afraid, <laughs> over. And it has gone, it is over with a bang. <laughs> so, uh, well done to Carolyn Jarr. Some, uh, some inspired uh, teamwork on this side That's of the really table. And commiserations to James and Liam. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We are approaching the end of the series. Uh, possibly, um, I think we've only got two or three shows left. And that moves the blue team into a one-point lead oh. as we come well around the final bay. So uh, if you're listening at home, stay tuned for... Sorry, if you're listening to it as a podcast, stay tuned for the podcast extras. If you're listening on the radio, we'll be back next week. Uh, all the best from me and everyone here. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Podcast Extra. Oh, last week's was brilliant. Oh, it was amazing. I, it was so good, I had to listen to it. Like Joseph Mengele, I roared it up. I had to go back and listen to it. Jesus. That's a great show. Like, uh, 79. 79. Oh, incredible show. Like They had one... It was incredible now. It was amazing. Like You won't top that. Uh, Are we Mengele? all in the studio, are we? Uh, we were all in the studio, yeah. I didn't actually hear... Yeah. There was one that did... No, sorry, Dan, Dan was Skype. Dan, Dan was Skype. No, no, actually, I was the only one in the studio. Yeah, you know <laughs>
So oh, it went oh, from everybody's in the studio yeah. to realising you were the only one in the studio. I want you both to sit in. You two are disastrous with these microphones. So they, they went, he does have a point. I, I have no it's not quite no. That's yeah. a fair attitude to being close to the microphone. All right. And so. you're okay, Joe. You, you have the opposite effect. You go away to Well, except last week when Joe decided to start talking. I started the show. Like this. At the microphones. Microphones over there by the window. He's talking. Go again. I mean, these ones are much more difficult. I don't like it in front of me, though. I don't like it in John's line. Sorry, Carol, you're getting the full... Oh, don't break it. I'm just ignoring it. How you doing? Uh, my name is Ger Slattery, and uh, I thought last week's show was so good that I had to turn up again. Thank you, Ger, for coming in. Please stop bagging your pencil on the table. Sorry. But Sorry. other than that, we're delighted to have you. A bit stuck. Okay. We'll, we'll pass on you're this passing one. that one over now, Jess. Andrew is very quiet there this time. Uh, Andrew's not here, remember. <laughs> Podcast extra super bonus time. That was a good one. Yeah, it was. That was a good one, yeah. 27 is a good score now. Final yeah. score in fairness. Yeah. Probably one of the best scores, is it? No. The top five. Uh, no, oh, the, no. The, the highest score is 35. 35. 35.9? Yeah, it was, wasn't it, Lily? Yeah. I wasn't the end, it was 30, 15. Well done, Carol. Well done, Jar. Thanks, Carol. Thank you. Thanks, Jar. Cheers. Cheers. Late notice. Late notice. Thank you. Well. Thanks. Before you came in, Jar, we, we were, we were suggesting that maybe this was your great plan, that they're picking their team's weeks in advance. Well, no, we, we, we're thinking that you're maybe going, oh, Carol There's would know more about 1957 than anybody else. <laughs> no, I think Carol got, was disappointed with the year. Because we got 59 before I think I got, in our match. I yeah. think I got three fifties. yeah. I think yeah. I got 56. It's hard. It is. Like the music, I just, knowledge, I just says to Carol, you look up the music. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs>